in Acts chapter three, and we're going to touch just a little bit in the chapter in chapter four. Um, we start off, we'll read the word here as we usually do, and then we'll go through and see what the Lord gives us. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from him. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know is made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord, that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from the people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Now the church grows explosively. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. So I'm going to make a few observations. Okay, so now we'll go back here and we'll just take a look at the word. So as we uh, take a peek at this, 
Uh, first off, you see that it was it was Peter and John coming, right? Right. And it was the time of prayer right? at three in the afternoon. This was also the time when people would traditionally give uh, to the temple in the temple, and they would go to give. Uh, so you see this guy. He was lame from birth. You see that he was being carried. So apparently, this guy had friends, right? Mm-hmm. He had some friends right. willing to take him every single day to the temple. Mm-hmm. All right. Now you also see. This guy was no dummy because, again, he knew where to go and he knew when to go there. So he would go around three in the afternoon when the folks were going to give to the temple. You know, at that point, you got to have some extra money, right? You give it to the temple. I'm right here at the gate. Hey, you can give something to me. So from his perspective, this guy had it pretty good, right? I mean, he had it as good as he could have it in his situation. He was thinking he's got some friends. His friends are willing to put themselves out for him every single day. Now, you find out later on, this man is old, more than 40 years old. Now, he was lame from what? From birth. Mm-hmm. From birth. He was born lame. So this man's never walked. So, you know, he's thinking he's got it as good as he can ever have it, right? And so mm-hmm. he asked him for money, like he asked everybody else. And so what do they say to him? They, he, Peter says, look at us. And he's thinking that they're going to give him money because what do people usually do with, like, homeless people, People that are begging, ignore them. Don't look at me, right? Mm-hmm. They turn away because you don't want them looking at you because you don't want to give them anything. So you try to look away and stuff like that, so that you know they'll know that you you get the hint, right? That you're not interested in giving money. But Peter said, "Look at us." You now he's getting excited, right? He's thinking, "Oh, they said, look at us. It's on now. Hot diggity! I'm fixing to get some money." But then Peter told him, he said, "I don't have any silver or gold." He said, but what I do have, I give. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So he takes him by his white hand and he helps him up. And so apparently Peter's pretty strong at being a fisherman. He must have been pulling in some pretty big fish because he, he pulled his man up uh, with not that much of, a, much of a challenge here. But then when he got him up, instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And he says he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Now, check this out. Now, think about this miracle here. So now he goes with them into the temple courts. He's walking and jumping and praising God. Remember, before this, he couldn't go into the temple courts, right? Because we talked about how the disabled mm-hmm. and could not go in, right? Who considered essentially unclean. He couldn't go mm-hmm. into it. Now he's not only going in the courts, but he's walking and he's jumping and he's praising God in his way in there. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, let's just to take a second here and think about this miracle. So this person, he was lame from birth. Now, what, happened, what would happen to you if you just laid around for six months on your bed and you absolutely didn't get up? What would happen to you? Your muscles would weak. You wouldn't be able to. Right. You wouldn't be able yep. to because your muscles would lose all strength over just a period of seven, seven months or so. In fact, far less than that, right? So we know this man had atrophied muscles. We know this man's brain and stuff probably didn't work right. And we know that he didn't know how to walk, right? We know it's a process to learn how to walk, right? Right. You don't just, you know, I mean, look at how long it takes a baby to learn to walk. It took Jonathan six long months to learn to walk. You know, he was kind of slow. <laughs> <laughs> six long months to learn to walk. But um, no, it's, it's a process. Your brain has to, you know, develop. So there's a lot of miracles, you know, happening for this. This was some miracle because not only did this man, his feet and ankles have to be strengthened. But every muscle in his legs had to be strengthened. 
right? He had to learn how to properly carry his body. And instantly, God gave him the ability to walk, which is like teaching somebody a new language, right? Because he instantaneously changed his brain so that he automatically knew how to walk. Not only walk, but he knew how to dance and jump and I'm sure run as well, right? He knew how to do everything like he'd been doing it all his life. But he's more than 40 years old and he's never walked. And yet here he is walking, leaping and praising God. And so now the people are seeing this guy. They know he was lame from birth, right? I mean, so they know this. So they're amazed as we would be, right? If you saw someone who'd been lame from birth. So they're amazed at what's happening to him. And, and they come running. And what does Peter do? He takes this opportunity to preach to them. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, hey, look, if you're thinking it was us, we're going to be clear about this. It wasn't us. We didn't have anything to do with this. It wasn't our power. It wasn't our godliness. It was the God that you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, through his servant Jesus, that caused this man to be raised. Now, he also gave him the whole message about Christ's crucifixion and his, and his resurrection from the dead, right? So he took advantage of this to give him the whole gospel message, right? right. And, and so he said this man was raised by faith in what? In the name of Jesus. That's how this man was made strong. He said it was Jesus that did this. And he said it was Jesus that completely healed him, as you can see. And he said, now, look, you, you did this thing. You're guilty of a crime. So now I'm going to tell you how, you how you get out of this, because you are guilty of a crime in the same way that we were witness. He's witnesses to the Jewish people who just crucified Jesus not that long before this. We, of course, probably wouldn't witness to somebody like this today. But the same kind of a structure would probably make sense. He's, he's telling them they're guilty of something. They're guilty of a crime, right? They're guilty of a horrendous sin. And it's important for people to understand that there's, they have a condition that's fatal and that that condition is seen, right? That they need to be cured from it. And that without being cured from it, that they're going to be cut off from heaven as this man was cut off from the temple, right? He had no access to the temple, right? So just as he had no access to the temple, they have no access you know, to heaven without understanding the position that they're in. So he tells them what they did. They, they crucified the Messiah. And he said, um, you got to repent, believe on him, and turn to God so that your sins can be wiped out. And then he said, this is the same Jesus that Moses was talking about. He said, when God said he would raise up a prophet from amongst your people, and you got to listen to him, because if you don't listen, you'll be cut off. He said, that was Jesus that Moses was talking about. He said, every prophet who was talking, was talking about these days, this time coming up. And he said, you are heirs of the covenant God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God said that through your offspring, all people on earth would be blessed. And this was the one. He sent him first to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So now the priests and the Sadducees come up. Remember, the Sadducees don't even believe in resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. So not only is he preaching resurrection, which the Pharisees also preach, but he's saying somebody's actually been res- resurrected, right? Now, right. so the Sadducees and the Pharisees who were in charge, they had, you had to be licensed by them in order to be able to teach the people and, and preach and speak and do all that, right? Because they wanted to make sure you were going to carry on what they had set up and that you weren't going to rock the boat and change things. So for this reason, they seized them 
and, you know, the two of them and put them in jail. But look at this. But many who heard the message believed. So that the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Now, this is just the men. Mm-hmm. Surely their wives and children believed also, right? Right. We're probably talking 15,000 to 20,000 people came to Christ. Now, y'all remember before the church had grown from 120 mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, we had had about 3,000. Right. Got saved right up front. Mm-hmm. Well, now we had another 15,000. So the church is growing exponentially here, right? It's probably right. about 20,000 at least. At least at this point, there's at least 20,000 saints. So as we said, this guy was in, he had, he was living his best life as far as he thought. He was a shrewd guy. He was able to convince people to take him where he needed to be taken. He had friends. They, they, uh, uh, he knew where to go. He knew, he knew that, you know, this was his best chance. He probably collected as much money as he needed. You know, obviously he'd been living for 40 years without being able to work. And so, you know, he's like, hey, I got it pretty good. But this guy, he didn't even know what his real need was, right? He didn't even think that his real need could ever be met. He didn't even, I'm sure he didn't even think about the possibility of ever walking since he'd never done it. But this is how God works. And this is what breakthroughs look like. Each of us has things that we don't even know necessarily ourselves that are crippling for us emotionally, devastating to us. And we don't even know what those things are. But this is the thing about God. God looks beyond, he sees us. He looks beyond the surface and he sees our true need. And so God is able to deal with whatever it is, whatever emotional devastation we've had in our lives. God is able to instantaneously remove it if he desires to. But he's certainly able to help us whether or not he does it instantaneously, whether or not he does it over time. And I'll come back to, there was a man who didn't do very well in his prior life and his fiance died. And as a result of his fiance dying a few days before they would be married, this man, uh, he became extremely depressed. And uh, in fact, he became so depressed and couldn't fight out of it that he had to be put in an insane asylum. So you would think such a person, not much would happen for him, right? Just like people would think for this man by the gate, that he wasn't ever going to amount to much and that things would never change for him. But guess what? There is a God, right? And this man that I'm talking about, God brought the man out of the insane asylum after a few months. And you guys know him. He's the guy who ended slavery. He's the guy who reunited the United States. He's the guy who changed our economic model. You know him as Abraham Lincoln. So God is able to meet us at our weakest points and do a change that humans wouldn't even think possible. This is the God that we have the privilege of serving. And he still lives just like he lived with that man by the gate, beautiful. And he still heals just like he healed that man by the beautiful gate. Right? He still does all of that. Now, I want to point out something. I've been talking about, we've been talking that Jesus talked about what? All the time. The kingdom? Right? Okay. But when you're in the kingdom, Guess what the currency is? In, in our world, what is the currency? Huh? What, what gets you things in, our, in the world system? Are you guys on mute? 
money. Yeah, money. Money gets you things in our in our system, right? Okay. But faith is what gets you stuff in the kingdom system, right? Mm-hmm. And it was faith that, that caused God to heal this man. Now let's talk about this for a little bit more. Now, when some of the stuff when we talked through Matthew, um, do y'all remember the Roman centurion who Jesus said he marveled at his faith? Mm-hmm. I remember him? Right. Right. Yeah. Was he coming? Now let me ask a question. Whose faith was it that healed his servant? Oh, God's faith. Well, yes, yeah, oh, certainly God's faith. faith. Certainly. That's certainly I mean, true. Whose faith? Who's, who's whose faith? faith? Whose? The man's faith, the Roman centurion. Okay, but it was the Roman centurion, but he wasn't the one that was sick, was he? It's his daughter. Mm-mm. No, he wasn't he. Had it was, it was a servant. All we know is it was a servant of his, right? Yeah. He, he asked Jesus to heal his servant. And so uh, his, his servant was healed because of his intercessory faith, right? So right. that's his intercessory faith. We don't know anything about the servant's faith. Jesus doesn't tell us anything about him. But this per- that person was healed because of the intercessory faith of someone who stood in between uh, him and Jesus, right? So intercessory faith. Um, then in the case that we saw, the man by the beautiful gate, whose faith healed him? Peter's faith. Peter's faith, absolutely right. So the person through whom God worked, his faith is what healed that man. And when he was speaking to the two blind men, the two blind men came to him and called him when we were in Matthew. And they said, son of David, you know, heal, heal us. We want to see whose faith was it that healed them? The, the blind men, their own, their own faith. So we've seen three different kinds of faith, three different kinds of people who can have faith. Any one of which can work. Right. The person who has, it has the condition, their faith, a person interceding for them or the person praying. Uh, you know, for them, any, any of the above, right? Their faith can be the thing that's sufficient. Mm-hmm. Right. Now it was faith in what? Christ. In the name of Jesus, right? Right. Okay. So now that, when they really say that, that is in Hebrew, that would be the same as the word Shem. And in Greek, it's Onoma. Mm-hmm. And what it means is it doesn't just mean like the name of the person, but it's like the person, their power, their authority, all of that together with, not just the name, like, you know, like a magic charm, right? Like you just say the name of Jesus. No, it's like his power, his person, everything that Jesus is. That's what that is. But look at how powerful it is, right? We already know that that's the only name by which people can be saved. We already know that demons tremble at that name, right? Um, we already know that he's called many other things, um, that he is the morning star, Right. Um, yep. He is Shiloh, um, that he is, in fact, the Lord's commander, the commander of the Lord's arm. We know that the, he's all of those things. But there's so much in the name of Jesus. And so I may have told you guys this story. I don't know that I have or, or not. But uh, Daryl, whose son we prayed for, when he was young, he went on a summer when he was about to graduate. He went on a summer weekend with an oil company. And they went into one of the Great Lakes. Um, and they went to go fishing. And he kept turning it down because he didn't know how to swim. So he finally went out with them. And the Great Lakes are like the ocean. 
right? I mean, you go out there, those things are huge. The only difference is they're fresh, you know, it's fresh water, not salt water. So you'd have more difficulty floating. But so he goes out, it's real foggy, it's early in the morning. And sure enough, the boat overturned. Now, Daryl can't swim, right? Right. So Daryl goes to the bottom. He comes up one time. He comes up the second time. You know what they say? You don't come up the third time, right? So he said one name. He said Jesus. And he said he felt this big hand push him to the top. And he said when he got to the top, there were three men in a boat. They grabbed him. They pulled him into the boat. They rowed him ashore. They didn't say not one word. They dropped him off and they went back out. He said one name. He said one word when he was under the water. He said Jesus. So I just want you guys to remember, no matter what circumstance that you're in, no matter what it is that you're feeling, no matter what it is that you're thinking, there is a name that is, that is enough. There is a name that is sufficient. And so this man received what I would call the ultimate blessing, right? Because as I say, God saw his need. He, the ultimate blessing, you know, this man was saved from being crippled. But the real ultimate blessing is when you come to what? Know Christ, right? Because you're actually saved from a worse state than what this man was in, right? This man was crippled, but he was, quote, unquote, living, quote, unquote, not really, because he didn't really, you know, not really, not in the sense that what we're looking for, not in the sense of spiritual life, but you're dead. You know, with no hope of being saved before you come to be saved. And when you get saved, you are transformed and you are given the promise of a wonderful destiny and future in heaven with Christ. And Christ himself said, as Cynthia's uh, scripture says she, that she sent out today, we said that he himself uh, what, acknowledge you before the Father. Right. In other words, you're going to receive honor. You're going to be honored in front of God, the Father and the host of heaven. Now, can you imagine that? Now, Joyce, Joyce, you're a pretty uh, diligent worker. I'll bet you when you were at Southwest, you got some awards. Did you ever get some awards in front of a crowd? Yes. I figured you did. How did that feel? It felt, it felt awesome, but it was pretty overwhelming. It was more than I expected. Right. Now, can you imagine what it's going to be like to be honored in front of the Father and Jesus Christ? And the host of heaven. Think about that. Think about how it felt, you know, when you got honored in front of people. Mm-hmm. Now think about what it's, it's going to be. You know, we're not even going to be able to explain what it's going to be feel like when you're honored before the Lord and you're honored before God the Father. That's going to be something. That's the ultimate blessing. And guess what? Out of that one blessing, as we went on to see in a little bit of chapter four, 5,000 men their wives and children, I'm figuring at least 20,000 people came to Christ because of that miracle. And that's the real miracle. When we talked about the kingdom, whenever we talked about how the kingdom advanced, how did we say the kingdom advances when we spoke about that before? God advances the kingdom. Yeah, that's true. We said that he just, he like grows the church, right? Right. Um, How else do we say, how does he advance the kingdom? What, the Holy what? Spirit. Yeah. Hi, thank you for listening to this brief. We have plenty more at ChristianBrief.com 
That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-B-R-I-E-F.com. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and hope you check out some of the other briefs at ChristianBrief.com.